Awesome. Welcome everybody to the Talk is Cheap Fight Against Mediocrity podcast. Today, we are very excited to have Jay and Rachel Toby on the podcast. They are amazing and are absolutely crushing it in their businesses and real estate. A quick background about them is Jay is from Utah. Rachel is from San Diego, California. Uh, Rachel was an All-American soccer player and ranked number two nationally. She played at San Diego State and BYU. Uh, while she was getting her master's degree, Rachel got into real estate and she helped start a brokerage with a property management company. And she's doubled her sales and income each year after that. They're expecting their first child in November, which is super exciting. Congratulations. Jay played lacrosse in college in Maryland. And then Jay went from working at a startup cookie company. He headhunted um, to run sales and marketing for urgent care, or I guess those are kind of separate. Ran sales, did urgent care. Um, but he always wanted to invest and learn about investing. So he was working for a property management company. And I really like this part. So after four separate CEOs were asking him why he was going to college, um, he finally dropped out and now he runs an investment company and has raised $60 million in capital. Um, he's invested in 35 businesses and owns 41 doors of real estate. Welcome to the show, Jay and Rachel. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for that thank intro. You. I know. Excited it's, to be here. You what? We're excited to be here. Thank you so much. It's not hard to introduce two people as awesome as you both are. So thank you for being here. I just wanted to start out. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you both got started in business, and then how you met as well. I'll talk about the business and then Rachel can talk about how we met. How about that? Yeah, so um, as you as you mentioned, uh, my background was kind of, again, kind of uh, moving around to different job sectors, having some fun experiences. I was always looking for good mentors. That was really, that was personally really important to me in my space is that I always wanted to, again, surround myself with people that, that uh, were doing better or doing the things that I wanted to do. And so each different opportunity that came up, I mainly took it so that I could surround myself with the type of individual that I was trying to model after. And that kind of led me into real estate. I was always super interested. I luckily had some family friends that uh, I saw that were doing, that were being very successful in the investment side of the world. They, they, uh, they were doing stuff with like Deloitte Hansen in Utah, that's a big name. Uh, in real estate. And so I was always kind of riding their coattails and asking them questions and they were doing stuff on the side. And I always saw that real estate was a, was it something that was very interesting to me and just investing in general, but I never was able to really break into that because I felt like the barrier of entry was too high. But that's where, when I got approached by the property management company, I talked with the CEO and he told me all about what he was doing he owned something like 200, maybe 300 doors personally. And so I thought that was, you know, that was really interesting and someone that was very approachable. So I, I talked with him, joined that company. It was a great property management company called Reader Asset Management. And then I started, it was really cool. It was the, one of the best jobs I'll ever say that I ever had because I got paid to go to like investment seminars and I was their business development guy. So I was bringing on new investors to have their properties managed. But the whole day I was just talking with people and investors about how they 
started, what other investments they were in. And then I was getting paid to go to these seminars and learn more about investing. And so that's what got my bug started with real estate. And Rachel had gotten her license. Tell them about your, what you found in your childhood box. Sure. Um, so I, straight out of college, I went into coaching. Um, I coached at UVU for their women's soccer team just a year. And then I went up. I thought I wanted to climb the ladder, be an associate athletic director. So I went and academic advised up at Weber State with those athletes. And I was doing my master's, which is required in a lot of those positions. And after a couple of years into that, I just felt the passion wasn't there. And I don't know, it the long term, it would have taken so long to get to where I wanted. And to clock in those hours and the steps to get there didn't provide the type of um, pay and freedom that I wanted. And I just found I was less passionate about it. And I just kind of dropped it all. I saw the avenue in real estate um, and just the potential there, the freedom it could bring my life. And um, anyway, so we met while I was working up at Weber State. He was up in Cache Valley and you know, to meet someone whose goals, life goals, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, were so in line with each other. We just really hit it off. And um, I think that allows us to be not only, not only does it help our marriage, but it allows for a great partnership and a cheerleading team for each other in what we do. Um, he probably gets a little annoyed with me sometimes because I'm always wanting to Hero's day went and all the things with all of the investments. And I'm just like so intrigued and passionate about every all of his projects as well. So it goes great hand in hand. Yeah, which is is really interesting because because we can have educated conversations about what I did that day because she understands, which isn't always the case with husbands and wives. If she understands exactly, you know, the strategies that we're doing to take down businesses or real estate. And she just likes to know all the little, all the little details. But one thing that that kind of merged our merged our paths is is that I saw in the property management company that we were giving out all of our leads. Our owners were always buying and selling together, like uh, within the network. And so I approached the CEO and said, "Hey, we should, you know, I have my real estate license. My wife does. I don't want to use mine as much as as Rachel." Um, uses hers and so she started their brokerage with him yeah he was outsourcing all of you know if he had his owners that he managed for if they wanted to sell and liquidate he would just feed it off to other brokerages and we're like you could pocket some of this you're a broker what are we doing here let me assist you in all of your transactions and we can really make something great here and um, also make your investors and owners much happier because they have a team behind them assisting and building their portfolio or liquidating whatever they need so a couple of years ago we started it and it's just been fantastic since and it's kept me very busy and it's a win-win for everyone and it is cool because she gets to learn about the investment side as much yeah. as she helps she helps regular residential families get into homes and families sell homes, but she also helps investors and can run comparables and run analysis. So. Wow. That is so cool. Your story. There's a couple of things 
that I am very impressed with, like the fact that you started off looking for a good mentor. Like, I think too many, there's two things that you both said that I was really impressed with that I hope the listeners took away is like, don't just get a job to get a job. Look for jobs where you'll be connected with good mentors. Maybe take a pay cut to be with a good mentor because in the long run, it's going to help you, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he knows that in the business world, but I definitely, uh, that's very vital throughout athletics. And so that kind of taught me carrying into the workforce as well. Yeah, I love it. And then what I loved what you said, Rachel, is um, you, I've talked to several people who are like, well, I'm in this job and I don't really like it. And I'm like, well, what lifestyle do you want? Like, I don't really know. That's a good question. What lifestyle do I want? And I love that you said the job as you looked forward into the future didn't really cater to the lifestyle you wanted. So you took a different path. Um, But I wanted to talk about, you know, you both are doing amazing in your businesses. And I love that you provided so much value to the management, the property management company and said, Hey, let us help you grow. Like, yeah, it's going to benefit us, but let us help you grow and let us, um, you know, work together and partner. What would you say to someone who is wanting to get into real estate and wanting to get into business? What, what's good advice that you have? I'll take this one because I get calls all the time from people. People connect me with, with young guys that want, and I feel like all three of us here are young. So it's, it's fun to help mentor those people that maybe like two, cause I've only been, we've only been doing this for about three years now. So we were just there. I feel like we were just barely learning about this and, and feeling overwhelmed and saying, how can we do this? Um, and how can we jump into this? What I tell people when, when I talk with them, cause I try to help mentor people and, and, uh, anyway, just like I was, but I would say get in rooms with big people and big things happen. And that's a huge, something I've seen in my life is, is all those cli- cliche terms are totally true. Network equals net worth. Um, you know, you host a mastermind. Mastermind groups are just so powerful. Getting into the room with people that you, and sometimes, yeah, you have to pay to get an introduction. And some of those introductions are some of the best you're going to get. And so I would just say that's one of the best best steps is go to all the big events meet people uh, just network your face off real estate is very much a network oriented uh, industry I, I just wanted to add just dive right in you know too many people aren't willing to take risks and a lot of people want to live and want to tap into what they wish they can have and and I think just start your feet, you know, start moving your feet and um, learning about the industry. Like he said, go to those uh, masterminds or, or get involved with people who you would like to be like. Um, you never want to be the smartest in the room. You know, you, th- you read these books and they say, you know, look at all your friends and they'll probably reflect your personal income or who you are as a person. We'll start getting around people with the income you want and the type of people that you want who have the same goals that you want who are in an active process of reaching those or who've already reached those um 
and again, I mean, it's just in all areas of life, it's not just business, but just dive into it. It's, you need to create a more risk tolerant people <laughs> to be able to get what you want. And uh, would you, well, I love everything that both of you said. And uh, um, one of the biggest takeaways is get around the right people. You know, you can't, you're not going to get anywhere sitting on your couch or, you know, with a group of people who are negative, you know, get around the right people and don't be afraid to pay for it. Um, And I love that so much with, I was going to ask you, um, Jay, so you dropped out of college and I feel like it's getting less and less taboo, but you still probably were given maybe some hardships from family and friends. Tell us about that and um, what, you know, why college is or isn't necessary. Yeah, I, I would love to share that experience. And just, I was going to also mention that books, reading books, as you can see, if you're not, if you're not watching this on YouTube, Kevin has uh, book shelves behind him. They're so powerful because everything, um, to, to go with your, your question on college, yeah, it was hard. I think a lot of people that knew me knew I had some maybe innate gifts. Uh, and I even went to, to college out in Maryland, less for the college aspect and more for, for lacrosse. So I was never really focused that much on, on my formal education, but I was always trying to learn things from books and I would say informal education. I was always searching. I, I love documentaries. Rachel can t- attest to all the, the things I listen to and read about, about to just try to gain knowledge. And I kind of looked at it as college wasn't the only place that you can go if you are trying to accomplish a certain goal. I think college is very important for certain, because I'm not anti-college at all. It just didn't work for me. I saw that there's other avenues to learning and getting the education, especially on the investment side that, that I could take. And it was, it was a hard decision. Um, we had talked, you know, dating about our life. And I think Rachel was really, it's actually a really cool story because I always felt prompted that, uh, again, school was always on the back burner. I was always trying to hustle and do better. And at that point I had a J-O-B. Now we are self-employed, but I was always trying to create more, more opportunities with, uh, again, bigger and bigger opportunities. And Rachel was kind of, I was resistant at first. Honestly, my mom was a school teacher growing up. My dad also, they both have their masters. And I think just, it's just American tradition that you get your education, you know, you get a bachelor's. Well, I got a bachelor's, don't use it at all. You know, (laughs) you know, I started to open my eyes a little bit. It's, it's not the only I feel like school is only one type of learning and it's very structured and pigeonholed. And, and when you start seeing that, you know, it's necessary for a lot of degrees like accounting, lawyer, doctor, please have an education yeah, if you're going to do surgery on me. But other than that, you know, um, there's just so many people who don't use their degrees and it, it was hard because you're ingrained since you're a little child that you just go to school and you just do that. Um, so it took me a minute to be like, wait, he doesn't, 
he's not going to get a degree. But then I thought for what, you know, I feel like um, we're more believers in lifelong learning and progressing in whatever avenue that you're at and whatever path that helps you get there best. Yeah, because I think that was a big aspect was I wasn't just quitting school to quit school and go be a bum. Because I think sometimes yeah. that there are people that quit school to try to go be a quote unquote entrepreneur. And that just means that they want to go ski, hang out and, and try to do something. And they think it's less work than school, but they are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, on, my, on my podcast, which is called the Lofty Lifestyles Podcast, we just had a guest that talked about, oh, you want to like quit your, quit your job and go be an entrepreneur. Okay. Like you, you're giving up a nine to five to go work a hundred hours a week. You know, congratulations. That's yeah. the lifestyle. So that's what we, I learned very quick is that lifelong learning. Um, and I had to show, you know, I would say I had to show Rachel that, that I was committed to lifelong learning, not just the formal education of getting a trade. Cause I look at college just as if I look at any other trade school, you're going to school and hopefully you leave college with a marketable trade that's, that helps you out there in the workforce. But I think most people, anyway, that's our, our college spiel. Yeah, no. And I think it's really interesting. The other day, someone told me, I'd never really thought of it this way, but you spend between 40 and a hundred thousand dollars to go to college for four years with no guarantee that you're going to get a job on the outside, but people will gladly pay that. But then you ask them, Hey, do you want to spend seven grand on X, Y, Z course on how to start a business or how to do this or this? And they're like, no, too risky. Like, no, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it really is like education. People confuse college with education. There's so many different ways to get an education. And yeah, I think that's what you're, you're saying. Yes. And you're a good example of, of going to college and getting a specific degree that'll help you. Like you just finished your MBA uh, in development. Uh, yeah. Masters of real estate development. That's exactly what you're, you're in that helps you that rises you above your competition. I mean, that's just a good example of using school as an avenue to help raise your, your profile. Yeah. And I, I would say like the best thing I got out of it was what you mentioned at the beginning, like a network, a network of people who are in the field, who are doing things, who are moving. And uh, so, I mean, it was an expensive way to meet all those people, but for sure, valuable connections. Um, I wanted to ask you a question that you probably won't hear on very many podcasts, but I think it's probably one of the most important questions that could be asked. So Rachel, you're due in November, which is so exciting. Um, this is probably the last thing you want to do is be on a podcast when you <laughs> could be like not doing this. But um, as you are, obviously business is fun. Sales is fun. Real estate is fun. But at the end of the day, like family and relationships are most important. And so as you're bringing in your first child into this world, what are some of the thoughts that you're both having on what type of family you want to have while also being ambitious and seeking more and more success? Well, you know, that's a loaded question. You always want to aspire to be the best parents you can, but definitely the culture for our family is um, to make sure that our children value learning, value work, 
accomplishing goals and um, really experiencing the world and, and life. That was a lot. I just kind of summed up, <laughs> but you know, I have a lot of time to think about these things. Um, I just, I feel like, um, you know, we even have passions about uh, letting them see the world and seeing how, you know, good that they have it learning from, from other cultures and the way that they can be good influences. Um, I feel like sports, keeping our, our children busy in an educational, healthy way um, is important to us. I felt like sports kept me very much out of trouble. Um, I grew up fast and it taught me a lot of discipline and um, life skills that I know will carry on to them. I, they won't be spoon fed. That's for sure. They'll have to work for things and, um, and appreciate their hard work and see the results pay off. But uh, those are just some of the things that we enjoy making sure that they're, they're active and outside and anyways. I love it. What about you, Jay? I think it's something that we're going to, we're going to constantly have to learn and readjust is how to balance that work life uh, scale and make sure that we are not just, uh, there's a, I think a culture sometimes in, in investments or business that you grind hard, you grind, you work hard, but you don't always work smart in that, in that regard is I think you have to, you have to make time for everything in your life and the things that you're doing most it, find out if they're the most important. Is that the thing? Could you spend five hours answering emails or could you be more productive and spend two and then spend three, you know, with the family? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I love the analogy of, you know, you're juggling different balls in life or just imagine like the things that you're doing are like juggling balls and family and relationships and your spouse those ones are glass balls. And if you drop them, they're very hard to um, fix, but work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it'll just bounce back up. So like it's a, it's a good reminder that at the end of the day, there's at the end of the day, there's always going to be more work tomorrow. Like there's always going to be more stuff to do. And it's just, that's what it is. Always more to do. Um, one of the questions that I had for both of you is, um, when you're, so maybe this is for both of you. I know you've purchased a, a bunch of real estate and different products like that. Um, and this is a really hot market right now. What are some of the ways that you have been able to differentiate yourself or find those deals, even despite this being a very hot market? I got to think. So I get, I think again, it's real estate's a very much a network industry in a hot market it might be different you could just be holed up in a in a room on a, in a down market and just be making offers and i know people that do that but a lot of the times your offer gets accepted people have different trigger points and things that they're looking for that might not always be the top dollar and so we just purchased here's a good example we just purchased 11 units right across the street from byu you know it's in a great location Literally, you could walk a block and you're on campus. And that was one that a friend just called me up and said, hey, we, I have a sister. She's going through a divorce. She's willing to sell it at a significant discount if you can move quickly. And so 
that's one that we were able to pick up that me and he called me and one other guy because it is important uh, to also let people to show people that you can execute there's a lot of looky loose there's a lot of people that can that talk but they don't walk the walk and so yeah talk is cheap <laughs> talk is cheap yeah and I mean, that goes into your networking. He had what, one week, maybe two weeks to have this property that's, I mean, 11 units, it's not a single family. You need to know the right people who can help take that down with you and um, to be able to know the right people and to make those connections was um, pivotal of being able to take that down. Yeah, because what I, a lot of what I do is, is syndication. A lot of that six million. Is, is for syndicating either businesses or real estate. Like I, I had a friend who called me up and there was a big meat packing plant in Idaho. And he said, hey, you know, this is a, a deal that will, no one will ever see because it's a friend that called him up and said, if you want to get a group together uh, to come in and invest in this, you know, day one, you're getting 20 in the high 20s of return just because of the investors that are in or a bunch of cattle guys that all want to create a, a meat packing plant. And so I knew exactly kind of who in my network would be, would be good fits and kind of what they're looking for. So that's what helps is, is again, just that's my business is very much a relationship business and relationship is capital. And the more people you're talking with and kind of having good experiences with, the better I think you're going to be doing. Yeah. And I love that so much. And um, teach us, what what makes a good relationship like how do you give as much as you take and how do you keep keep growing those relationships one of my favorite things is a rising tide lifts all boats and i know a bunch of people in real estate that i feel, feel like are, are pretty greedy and they form a deal that's very advantageous to them because oftentimes the person who puts the deal together wins and um the other partners just kind of have to go with it because they they have a strangle lock on the deal. But I've seen that again. I'm okay with with making sure everyone wins in this scenario. And if you're winning and I'm winning, then we're going to go do more together. So that's something that's been very big uh, as I've grown in my business is that I'm trying to make sure a rising tide lifts all boats. If you're doing good and I'm doing good and we have good experiences together then we can go do more. And even if I connect you with someone else that might, I might not get any help or benefit from, if you're doing better in your life, then at one point our lives are gonna merge and either you might have a good deal or I might have a good deal. You might have money, I might have money and we, we do something together. On the flip side, you know, if you have someone you respect, you wanna work with and you come off too selfish and too greedy where, um, it just doesn't make sense to them. I feel like that's the quickest way to break, to burn a bridge and they won't want to do deals with you in the future. Yeah. yeah. Making sure you give as much as you take and um, creating a win-win. I love that. Yeah. Were you going to say anything else? No, I think, um, no, I, I can't say what I was going to say. I love it. Um, one of the questions I love to ask uh, awesome people like yourselves is what are daily habits that are non-negotiables in your life? Rachel is really good at this. I think it stems from 
her her childhood when you talk to her about her high school experience it's very different than most people and that's i think why she rose to such a high uh, such a high pedigree of athlete at the d1 level is you know let's just say i was on, on a saturday i was like watching some videos in the morning and then maybe going out and mowing my lawn and just kind of not having the most productive day and she goes what time did you have to do that you know she was at, at camps at traveling to more camps to traveling to private lessons so she's really good at those daily habits anyway what daily habits um i mean they're your typical making sure that you're moving your body whether it's weight training or something that's stretching your lungs physically active I feel like your brain, you know, things not in motion are going to stay not in motion and things in motion will stay in motion. And, and I feel like, um, our physical, our mental and our spiritual are all intertwined. And so if we're not taking care of our health and <clears throat> then our brain is not going to be as productive for how we need to produce in the work field or how we need to be with our children or with our spouse, um, so exercise is definitely a daily habit. Um, uh, I'm a very spiritual person. And so I make sure I connect with um, God each day and find a quiet moment. A lot of people meditate. That's my meditation. And um, that really helps separate me from the loudness and a lot of the things that go on in our daily lives to be able to center myself. And so, um, you know, exercise and and reading my scriptures and praying is important. Another thing is um, through are just a few things that I've really taken um, through my years of, again, athletics. It, it, that was just the avenue that taught me a lot. That was the avenue that I took, but um, we do, we have vision boards. I have goals, um, you know, before every game in, in college, I would visualize uh, every play that could possibly occur in a game. And I visualized the things that I needed to do to accomplish and to succeed in, in each opportunity and to focus at the task at hand and just trusting that the goals, um, the outcome will take care of itself. And so you set those goals, but you focus on the tasks at hand. And so I break down a lot of to-do lists to help me reach my goals. Um, and that helps you not be overwhelmed, but focus on the few tasks that will progress you into the next day and controlling the controllables. And so that's, and I love that she, she helped me really understand control the controllables. There's some things that, that people get frustrated and mad about that are outside of their control. Yeah, let, it, let it go. <laughs> you do your part, you do your part and then everything it's like law of attraction. It'll take care of itself. I love that. The, one of the things that you said that I never thought about before was things that are in motion, stay in motion. So you're saying, you know, if you exercise in the morning, your mind and your body will stay in motion the rest of the day. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, definitely. And then, you know, the days that, um, you miss out on that opportunity, I feel like idleness is, um, it's just a huge thief of success. And, and that's where a lot of thoughts come in and, and people tap into more emotional illness because they're just, thinking about they're it. thinking about it. And it's a emotional illness is a real thing, but I'm just saying it just leaves more room. Um, yeah. To not be productive and to conquer those things. Yeah. And I think it, 
as you said, things that stay in motion, uh, she's a good example. I mean, you, she's having a baby in like a month and a half and she's, she's so used to going to the gym and being in motion in that regard that she's like dragging me, you know, to the gym. And she's a good example of that. But what she mentioned was, was really good that we do a lot is spiritual creation or law of attraction. The, uh, we call it spiritual creation, but it's like visualization of, of your, of your goals and of your dreams. Because a year ago, this is just a story from our, our work and business is a year ago, we had no rental properties and we put on our vision goal. We're going to, I, my personal goal was I wanted as many units as, as my age. So I was 26 at the time, now I'm 27. And I was like, that's a pretty lofty goal to go from zero to 26. I didn't know how I was going to accomplish it, but I knew I was going to put in the work and, and do what I needed to, to at least get as close to that goal as I could and just be, a, you know, that aggress, aggression and just work hard and go get, mm -hmm. go after it while having that vision. And I knew the universe would manifest itself. Well, I had the opportunity. We bought a 30 unit that was an under foreclosure, a friend, again, a friend slash mentor brought it to me and said, Hey, I, I know the lender. We're able to get this off market. Um, if you bring the money, I'll take care of the whole deal. And he was great because me, myself, I would not have known the steps to take. Cause we, it was a very complicated process to get it. The guy in second, if you understand real estate at all, like the guy in second position foreclosed and the, the national lending company that was in first position gave us a bridge loan and there's all these title issues and the wow. anyway and so that and and that was a good example of, of you can accomplish your goals is that I was getting those units and it was my very first like I think big syndication especially in real estate that was about 3.5 I needed to raise and so I didn't quite know how I was going to do it I had syndicated little things like flips and got money from friends relatives and knew I had that ability to go out and kind of raise money and do that. But that was at a scale that I had never been able to do. And so when you probably had to raise that three times, it takes a lot true. of work, you know, because people say, yeah, I'll do it. And then when the time comes, they, they back out and yeah. I mean, it just takes, it takes diligence a lot. It's, I feel like it was so, it could have been so easy for him to give up two, three times, but he had to keep raising it and, and see it through. So. so that helped accomplish our goal by the end of that year it went from we had we had the amount of units that we we had planned for that's so cool and i think what you both do that is phenomenal is you set your goals and you have that vision and then you go out and work for it which i think is um the most like ha knowing what lifestyle you want and knowing what your goals are is is the hard mental work then you have to go do the hard physical work um required to do it so um before i ask the last question um how can people connect with you to learn more about you okay i would say reach out to us on social media it's toby capital ventures you can reach out to us through through kevin um we all the time we're getting people that are referring us other people that just want to get to know us. Uh, and so I would say that's probably the best, best way. And we will respond. We always respond. So if you're not on social media, again, email 
the Fight Against Mediocrity uh, podcast and Kevin can get a hold of us. Awesome. And I'll put your um, Instagram account link in the bio and on the YouTube video so people will be able to see it and, and get in touch with you. They're great people to follow. They're great people to learn from and model. And, uh, and they're going to do amazing things. So follow them and watch where they go and learn from them as well. And hopefully some of you that are listening can partner with them in the future and do some deals together. So my last question and my, my favorite question, I'm very biased, but what does the fight against mediocrity mean to you? Uh, what it means to me is doing what others are not willing to do um, in order to get better results you have to put in the extra extra work the extra education and so making yourself uncomfortable because the world's comfortable and then you're controlled by it <laughs> so step out of that comfort zone i love it jay what do you think i'll forever go down saying that i love your acronym and your your logo the, the fam fight against mediocrity that's fantastic. And so to me, what the fight against me honor, it's just fighting against your, a lot, oftentimes you're fighting against yourself and your, your, your natural inclination is to, to not move forward and progress. Cause that's hard. It's hard to build muscles. It's hard to build a business. It's hard to build wealth and real estate. But like Rachel said, things that stay in motion that are going in motion, you just have to naturally fight against that, that urge to be, be average. And, and just, I think it's, it's a good thing to be able to go out there and rally against because you're, I think you want to naturally, it's easier to turn on some Netflix than it is to make emails and calls. So yeah. that's what it means to me is to be a better version of yourself the next day because you're working hard than the day before. I love the, both of those definitions. That's amazing. Doing the hard things. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned you like the acronym so much. I actually came up with the fight against, it's a cool story, but just for short terms, like the fight against mediocrity. And then later down the line, I'm like, oh, the fam, that's pretty cool. So I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't start being like, oh, I wanted to say this. It just happened to work out. So I'm glad you like it. Well, thank you so much, Jay and Rachel for being on the show today. You're both amazing. Um, if you're listening to this, rewind it, start back from the beginning and re-listen to it again. And uh, there are gonna, a lot of gold nuggets in here that you can learn from. But thank you again. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you, Kevin. See ya.